0: You don't want to be a heretic. First off, you need to know what heresy is. So we're going to go over that from the Bible, from Titus, and from the Greek vocabulary. And then we're going to go through the top 10 Christological heresies. These are the heresies, the lies about Jesus Christ from the first six, seven centuries, the patristic period. So first off, before we get into Titus 3, and the admonition to avoid heretics, what is heresy and what is a heretic? Well, you can see right here on the right side of your screen, heresy comes from a Greek word. It's pronounced in Greek, heresis, heresis, and it means choice. It means something that you have chosen, and it comes to mean a chosen sect or a chosen group. The idea here in the early church, and we'll see this in scripture, there's the teaching of Jesus Christ and the 12 apostles found in the New Testament, preserved in the tradition of the early church. Remember, if you were a Christian in the year, pick a time, 150, you didn't have a Bible. The Bible had not yet been canonized. You may have had the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark and Paul's epistles, but you may not have had uh, the apocalypse or 1 Peter or the book of Acts. There was no scripture that had been canonized yet. So you were receiving the traditions by apostolic succession in the early church. And if you chose not to go with the universal teaching, and remember in the early church they used the word Catholic, kataholos in Greek, according to the whole. That means you believed according to the whole everything taught, but you also believed according to the whole community of Christians on planet Earth. You were part of the majority group, kataholos, Catholic. If you chose not to belong to the mainstream group of Christians, you had committed heresy. You had chosen your own way. You chose your own doctrine. You went into the cafeteria and you said, well, I want this, but I don't want that. Now, the next word is right here, a heresy arc, a heresy arc, or arch heretic. This is the founder of a heretical movement. And then you have heretics, and those are the followers of the heresy and the heresy. So that's the vocab. It comes from ancient Greek, and we find it actually in the New Testament. You'll see right below my face from Titus 3.10, St. Paul the Apostle writes, a man that is a heretic... And there you can see the Greek word for heretic, heretikon. After the first and second admonition, avoid. So there's someone you know. They are teaching one of the heresies we're going to go through today, 10 heresies. I'll put them on the screen. Warn them one time. Warn them a second time. But if they're persevering in it, St. Paul says, avoid those people. Avoid them. Okay, so let's run down the list of the top 10 heresies of the early church about Jesus Christ. These are the Christological heresies. Christological, Christology, it is the study of Christ. So all 10 of these heresies, with maybe an exception of number 7, relate directly to Christ. Number 7, tangentially, we'll go through those. Before I do, I'd like to invite you to please like the video, give it a thumbs up, share it on Facebook, and if you're new, please subscribe and hit the bell. That'll notify you of future shows. I'm going to do some more shows on heresies. This is just heresies in the early church pertaining to Jesus Christ. All right, number one, the Ebionites. The Ebionites, also known as Philanthropism. Philanthropism means just a human. The Ebionites were a Jewish sect. They were... Uh, resided in the Holy Land, some of them as far north into Syria. They believed that Jesus Christ was not God from God, light from light, true God from true God. They didn't believe that he was the eternal Logos, the Word of the Father, like Christians have believed. They believed that Jesus was just a great man. He was a great rabbi. He was a great teacher. He was a prophet. Uh, Notably, the Ebionites denied the virgin birth. Of Jesus Christ. They said that Joseph was his biological dad, Mary was his biological mother, and he was perhaps the most gifted rabbi, teacher, prophet of all time. He wasn't an angel, he wasn't a life force, he didn't have a divine nature, he didn't pre exist. He's just a great human. Of course, this heresy is condemned, and if you've read the New Testament, particularly if you read the Gospel of John, You realize that Christ is claiming to be the Son of God. He's claiming to be around when Abraham, he's claiming to to pre exist the entire universe, right? He's equal with the Father. They even take up stones to stone him because he makes himself equal to the Father. So, of course, the Ebionites did not accept most of what we call the New Testament. So, Ebionites or philanthropism, heresy. Don't believe it, it's a lie. Number two. This goes in the other direction. Docetism comes from the Greek word meaning to seem. It seemed like Christ was a human, but in reality, this heresy says, claims falsely, that Christ was a phantom. He was a ghost. He, it looked like he was eating bread and drinking wine and eating fish, but that was all hocus pocus. In reality, he was a ghostly phantom. He was, in a way, a hologram floating on the cross. And some of the Docetic literature, which, by the way, all the Gnostic groups, and I might do a video on the Gnostic heresies, but all the Gnostic groups were Docetic. They taught that Christ was not really a human. They were the opposite side of the Ebionites. They believed that he was a ghost and that he didn't really suffer. He was divine. How could he suffer? How could he have a body? How could he have hands? How could he have uh, teeth and uh, a stomach and intestines and all these things? I thought it was disgusting. So the docetic heresy is that Christ is a phantom. That's false. Christ is true God and true man. He's fully human. He's also fully divine, except his humanity is not fallen with original sin. It is pure and holy And he also the divine nature. We'll get to that as we get down into 8 and 9 on this list. Number three is adoptionism. Adoptionism states this. Well, yeah, Jesus said, the lie goes, Jesus claimed that he was the son of God. He was the son of the father. But the adoptionists falsely teach, well, it wasn't that he was the eternal son of the father. He didn't pre-exist creation. Um... Instead, he was a great man, and God the Father saw him as the greatest human that ever lived, so holy that God adopted him as his son. He chose him to be the Savior and to be the greatest human, the Redeemer of all mankind. This heresy, adoptionism, I mean, it endured a long time, even into the Middle Ages, as far away as in places like Spain. This heresy... Kept popping up. Even there was even a case of a bishop in the later in the not later maybe medieval early medieval era teaching something like adoptionism, that that the father God the Father adopted Christ. It's heresy. Christ was the eternal Son even before he was incarnate of the Virgin Mary. Number four. Sibelianism or Patropossianism. This one's actually still around today. Uh, you'll you'll hear this with some charismatic Pentecostal holiness groups will teach this heresy. Sibelianism is named after a heretic, an art, a heresy ark named Sibelius. And Sibelius taught that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost were all one person, who wore three different masks or had three different, not three persons, but personas. So, you know, he could show up and he would have the mask of God the Father. Hey, I'm God the Father. And then he could take that off and he could put on God the Son, and then he could take that off and put on God the Holy Spirit. But it was always one person. This is a heresy, also known as modalism. Many of the early church fathers called it patrapassianism, which means... The Father, Patry, suffers, Pasion. The Father suffers because the Patrapassianists said that when Christ died on the cross, God the Father died on the cross because God the Son and God the Father are the same person. And hence, Patripassianism. God the Father died on the cross because God the Father is God the Son. This is a heresy. The Catholic teaching that there is one true God with one substance, usia in Greek, and that there is one divine substance and three persons, not three substances, three persons, not one person, but three persons. So there is no contradiction. There's not one substance and three substances or one person and three persons. There's one substance, one essence, one nature, all three refer to the same reality, And three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost are distinct persons. The Father talks to the Son, and the Son talks to the Father. And the Father and the Son talk and communicate with the Holy Ghost. There is an interpersonal relationship with the three persons of the Trinity. That's Orthodox Christianity. Number five, Apollinarism. This was introduced by the heresy arc Apollinarius, and Apollinarius said that Christ had a human body, just like you and me, but he didn't have a human soul or a human mind. And where you and me, we have our body and our soul, according to this heresy, this lie, what Christ was is he was sort of like a puppet. He didn't have a a mind or a soul. Instead, the divinity of God dwelled in him and animated his body. All right, now, in historic Christianity, Orthodox Catholic Christianity, we believe that Christ has body, blood, soul, divinity. He has a human body. He has a human soul. His body is pure and immaculate. His soul is pure and immaculate. Perfectly holy, all holy, sanctus, 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 holy, holy, holy. But that his body and his mind, his soul and body, human, are united in a hypostatic union, we'll get to that in a moment, with God the Son. Not two, we'll get to that in a moment. One divine person, who the language is, who assumes a body and a soul. The heresy of Apollinarism says that he did not have a soul or a mind. The divinity was there. So he was kind of like wearing a suit, but there was no human mind or human soul there, just sort of the flesh being animated directly by the divinity. And that's a heresy. Don't believe it. All right, now we get into that. This is a perhaps the most widespread heresy in the history of Christianity. It's still taught today in a way by the Jehovah's Witnesses and in a way by the Church of uh, Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, Um, But they're more polytheistic. So more properly, the Jehovah's Witnesses are strictly Arian. Arianism is named after Arius. He was a presbyter, a priest in Alexandria, Egypt. And he taught that Christ was a creature. He says in particular that there was a time when God the Son did not exist. That only God the Father was eternal and existed all the way into, if you want to use the term, eternity past. God the Father has always existed. God the Son came into existence. And Arius also taught that God the Son was way below God the Father. They would say that God the Son is the highest creature. He's above angels. He's above humans. He's above animals and plants and earth and minerals. He's the highest point, but he is not at all equal with God the Father. Below, Arius. uh, There was a time when the majority of bishops on earth were actual Arians. Uh, Saint Jerome says that the the world groaned to awake and find itself Arian. Eventually, through great saints like Saint Athanasius and others, they brought uh, they exposed the errors of Arianism. They used sacred scripture. They use the Gospel of John, they use Paul's epistles, they use Hebrews, they use the book of Revelation, and they show that in all these cases, when you look at the language, Christ is equal with the Father, He is co-eternal with the Father, as you read in John's um, Gospel, and Arianism is a lie. It denigrates Christ. How could we as creatures, humans, be redeemed and saved by another creature? It doesn't make sense it has to be the case that we are redeemed by the God-man, Jesus Christ. Fully God and fully man. By the way, Arianism, Arius, the founder of Arianism, died. He was going to be admitted by the emperor back into communion with the church. Many of the Orthodox didn't want this. Arius was on his way to the church, and he said, I need to use the bathroom. He went to the bathroom, and his guts came out of him while he was in the toilet stall. This is in the 300s. And he died there in a public bathroom. I did a video on that. You can search my channel, Taylor Marshall, Death of Arius. Um, And many of the Orthodox saw this as a vindication that Arius was teaching. Well, fill in the blank. Number seven, Macedonians or Pneumatomachians. Pneumatomachians. It's named after Macedonius. He was uh, a bishop. And the phrase pneumatomachians means warriors against the spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit. So this was the heresy that the third person of the Trinity was not equal with the father and the son. He was not really God, but that God, the son was like, I need a powerful life force to share my grace and my love with humans. And so what the Macedonians taught is that Jesus, God, the son, created the Holy Spirit as sort of his, you know, to use something kind of crass, like a 5G network, a 4G network to communicate with people. Whereas the Orthodox Catholic teaching is that the third person, the Holy Ghost, is a divine person, just as the Father is a person and God the Son is a person, and they're all co-eternal, consubstantial, and co-equal. The Macedonians or pneumatomachians said, no, they're not. Now, it gets interesting as we get to number eight and number nine. These were also big time heresies in the history of the church. Nestorianism is named after Nestorius. He was the Archbishop of Constantinople, imperial city in the east, uh, east of Rome. Nestorius started his heresy at Christmas time. And Nestorius said that we should not say that Jesus Christ is. Uh, Rather, we should not say that Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, is Theotokos, that is, the bearer, the birther of God. What we should say, according to the heretic Nestorius, who was wrong, we should say that Mary is Christotokos, which is Greek for birther of Christ. Now, this caused a major controversy in Constantinople, and then it spread throughout the whole empire, because it touches on the relationship of the Blessed Virgin Mary and Jesus Christ in his humanity. Did Mary, at Christmas, give birth to just the human nature of Jesus Christ? Or did she give birth to a united person? may seem kind of confusing, but think about it this way. If you say she only gave birth to the humanity of Jesus and not the divinity of Jesus— You've now bifurcated and separated who Jesus is into two Jesuses or into two Christs. And this was the direction of Nestorian heresy, their theology. They taught that there is a divine Christ who always exists, and then there's a human Christ. And the human Christ was born of the Virgin Mary, but not the divine Christ. So suddenly, now when you're reading Scripture, you can say, well, when Christ says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, that's the human Christ right? But in other cases, it's the divine Christ. And what you have here is a schizophrenic Jesus Christ. You actually have two Christs who are working together. That was deemed, of course, as heresy. Moreover, since at least the second century, we found a a parchment saying that Mary is Theotokos because she gave birth to God the Son. Mothers don't give birth to human nature. Like, your mother didn't give birth to human nature. She gave birth to a human person. That's what mothers do. They give birth to persons, not natures. So when Mary gave birth to Christ, she gave birth to the person, Jesus Christ. And he's fully God and fully man. That's why we can say she's the mother of God or the Theotokos. It doesn't mean, Catholics and Orthodox, when they say that, it doesn't mean that Mary Birth the Trinity, or Mary gave birth to God the Father, or Mary gave birth to the Holy Ghost, not at all. That's all heretical. But when Mary gave birth, the baby that she gave birth to, that baby is a divine person. That baby is God the Son. When Mary prays to God, she refers to Christ as our Son. It's amazing. It's amazing. So the Nestorian heresy denies that Christ is truly united into one person. All right. Now, there was an overreaction in Nestorians, and this brings us to number nine. Number nine is the Monophysite heresy. Now, the Monophysites taught that Christ only had a divine nature and did not have a human nature. It kind of sounds a lot like number five. In a way, it's kind of a, a variety of number five that what happened is, and I have a picture of it here. Let me see if I can hopefully bring it up. If not. Yeah, so here you go. Here is the monophysite heresy. The human nature, the human nature and the divine nature congeal and come together into a new sort of divine nature. Whereas the Catholic Church, the Orthodox teaching was that there is one divine person, and there's a hypostatic union between the divinity and the humanity of Christ, but there's no intermingling, right? There's no confusion. There is a sharp distinction between the divinity of God the Son and the humanity of God the Son, but they are united into one person. The Monophysite said, no, there's the humanity of Jesus, and it's so small, it's like a raindrop that falls into the ocean, and then pretty soon the raindrop, the humanity of Christ is gone. The problem with that is, is, when Christ died on the cross, if he didn't have a human nature, how could he redeem human nature? Many of these heresies, by the way, once you start playing them out into salvation, what we call soteriology, you start to realize that human salvation would be impossible. For example, number two, does it doesn't, if Christ didn't have a body. How does he offer his body and blood on the cross for our redemption? He can't. It's all, it's all magic. It's smoke and mirrors. See, so all, number six, Arianism. If Christ is a creature, how can a creature save other creatures? He needs to be a divine redeemer. Number nine, monophysite. How can Christ save humans if he doesn't have a human nature anymore? It's a major problem. And then our last heresy is number 10, the monothelite heresy. Christ has only one will. In a way, also kind of like the Apollinarism heresy. This heresy says that in Christ he has, he's fully God, he's fully man, but that his energy, his activity, his will, is solitary. only? There's only a divine will in Christ. Now, the Orthodox teaching handed down that we believe to this day is that Christ has two wills. Just as he has a human nature and a divine nature, so there is a human will in Christ, which is active in his human soul, his human mind. And then there's the divine will, which is the eternal will of the divine nature, and that in Christ, they are perfectly parallel and in sync with one another. They're united. There's never a time when the human will of Christ was like, you know what, I'm going to go off God's plan. I'm going to not do the divine will. No, his human will was always conformed to the divine will because he's fully God and fully man. There is a perfect synergy of the divine will and the human will. And of course, this comes into soteriology because we fall into sin by our own will. God doesn't force us to sin. And so it is appropriate that when Christ lives a perfect life, he never sins by his own human will in conformity with the divine will. And then even in the agony of the garden, he says, not my will, but thy will be done. That shows that he's conforming his human will to the will of God, and then on the cross, he submits perfectly in his human will to accomplish the redemption of mankind. So there they are, the 10, top 10 lies, top 10 heresies of the early church about Jesus Christ. If you want to learn more, of course, you can find more on my YouTube channel here, Also, I have something online called the New St. Thomas Institute at NewStThomas.com. I have a whole course on theology. We go through all the heresies, a lot more heresies than are listed here. And, uh, you know, you can go a lot deeper with um, some reading assignments, online courses, quizzes, etc. If you want to learn more, go to NewStThomas.com right there. All right. Thanks so much for watching. And again, if you like this video, please give the thumbs up. Please share it on Facebook. And uh, please subscribe. Really do appreciate it. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Thank you for watching this video. If you want to learn more, please subscribe for more videos and check out the next video. God bless.